Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we normally judge movie trilogies and series. Tonight, we are looking back at 2023, the year that was, uh, the movies, the TV shows, the experiences. Uh, We're coming in with our recommendations on what we think you guys should see. How was 2023 for you guys? Was it a, was it, we'll just say good year or bad year, you don't have to go into details. I feel like we had a few crap years, but they weren't so bad for me and this one was pretty good too. I feel like I absorbed a lot of content this year mm. and not in the way that I usually do. It's usually all games for me. And this year I feel like it was a lot less games and a lot more movies and TV shows. Yeah, I think this year will go down as the Barbenheimer year and mm. this is kind of the year that we're looking at movies maybe coming back. You know, we had Mario as well. There's been a lot of things that have reminded us that the box office can still be a draw. Taylor Swift eras is just a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. So... I think overall it's been a pretty good year. We've got a lot of heavy hitters, like a lot of big magnum opuses from from heavy hitters. Um, yeah, I think it's been a pretty solid year and it'll go down in history as a pretty, especially after, you know, the, the COVID wave. Yeah. 2023 will be historically loved, I think. Hmm. All right, Luke, let's just go get straight into it. Kick us off with your first recommendation. All right, my first recommendation. So... Something a little different, something, you know, I feel like I am, for some reason, seen as like the Marvel guy, you know, the guy that likes to sit down and watch whatever the new Doctor Strange or Black Widow or whatever random, I've watched The Eternals twice, you know, I'm that type of guy (laughs) for some reason. Have you seen the Marvels? Um, Because you would be the only person also. I did watch the Marvels and I was the only one in the cinema. And that's your number one pick. Sounds about right. Um, So this year, I feel like... I'm a, I matured in a way, you know, I've, I've gone through a, a bit of a life journey and I've branched out and watched some stuff that maybe I would usually scoff at and not be interested in. Um, so some of these movies, well, all my movies I've watched recently um, and in the last month or two, the first one on my list is a movie that um, I hadn't really heard much about of. It was me and my wife's anniversary three weeks ago. Um, was trying to find like a romance drama movie that she would like instead of just another Fast and Furious movie that she was sick of. Um, went on to Apple like movies like um, on iTunes. It shows like new releases, so that's just my easiest way of seeing what's out there as a new digital like digitally new. And um, saw this. Was like okay, cool, good reviews. Downloaded it, loved it, and then. Going through today's list of um, movies of the year, it's on the top of so many people's lists. And I was like, what? Oh, no. Oh, you're going to totally steal my number one. Yeah, you're stealing. Oh. <laughs> so my pick is a movie called Past Lives. Yeah, there it is. Is this really your number one pick? It was probably was this, be, yeah. Was it one of you? Okay. So it was, it was definitely on the list of, of – it's definitely on my top three for sure. Past Lives. So a Korean film. Um, I'm usually not one for foreign films, but loved Parasites, uh, you know, loved Squid Games. And I felt like all of a sudden people got into Korean film and uh, TV shows and stuff like that. And I sort of did as well. Um, Past Lives is a really, really fantastic um, movie that has stuck with me. Um, it's very much, you know, romance, drama, but it just feels very 
real and raw. And Conan will be able to talk to this a lot better um, from a you know film school perspective instead of me just being like, it's awesome. But <laughs> like the the performances in this and the director, um, like obviously you know Conan, her first film, her directorial debut, yep. Yep. and it does not feel like somebody's first film. It like it yeah. feels like someone who has honed their craft and has mastered their mastered the art. And it's her first film. Um, director's name, uh, her name is Celine Song. Um, basically, it's, you know, film about that soulmates who, for some reason, timelines can never match up. You know, the, time, the timing in their life just doesn't seem to land at the right time where they see each other or anything like that. But they are indeed soulmates. Um, and I don't know, like, it, it very much reminded me sort of... Um, uh, like Before Sunset, Before Sunrise, all that, them sort of films by Richard Linkletter. Um, yeah. But I prefer this one. Like I know those films are great and we talked about them and we reviewed them, but this one hit me more than those films did um, mm. and it really really reminded me of those films. You know, it's told over like a, a long period of time, like, you know, three time periods of these people's lives. Um, and just, I don't know, the way conversations happen in this movie, it's just raw. It's it, it goes against stereotypes of what you would expect. Oh, this person's going to be a jerk here in this scene, and it's like, okay, no, they're, they're normal. They're normal people, but it's like absorbing and like wonderful to watch. You know, um, I highly recommend it to anybody. Um, like the final act of this is really, really good. I really, really like the the ending of this film. Um, it's scene. poignant. The final scene is like beautiful, um, and the performances throughout. Like I think the two leads have such great chemistry. Um, anytime they're having a conversation, it's just you know we we all we all married our soulmates. You know we all know like those conversations. You can just talk about something that doesn't seem interesting, but you're talking for hours and hours. Mm. Um, and watching those, these two actors interact like that is very much like watching that love blossom, and it's. Really beautiful film, and I, I highly recommend it um, to you, Grana, if because if you haven't seen it, but Conan, I've seen obviously, it. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, I <laughs> it was <laughs> number one as well. <laughs> no, I did see. I did see it on the top of the list. I actually think we nearly watched this one night, but um, I don't mean this in a in a degrading way. But how how much does it feel like a foreign film? If you know what I mean, like my wife, Sorry. my wife would normally turn her nose down at foreign films. Sorry, let me speak to that quickly. Because I don't want to be film school. It's technically an American film. Like Celine Song is a Canadian American. Mm -hmm. um, she's Korean background, but she's like Canadian because this movie's basically based on her life. And so she's like lived in. She's Canadian and now works in America. So it's a, like it's an A twenty four production. Yep. So it's, in America for the most part. Yeah, like, it's set in. Yeah, okay. exactly. Like so, it's technically like. And I'm not trying to be like, haha, I know more, but it's just. Technically, it's like an American production. It's just the two characters are Korean and deals with a lot of Korean stuff. But it's, yeah, it doesn't feel like a Korean film. Hmm. But I, I didn't think, Luke. I don't know. Did you look? No. Like, when you when you say it like that and it's like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> like, I should have. Like, it's Korean as in the main language spoken throughout it is Korean in a way yeah. um, as opposed to a Korean film. But because, um, yeah, it's obviously... One character moves away from Korea early in their life, sort of thing, and it's about reconnecting later. Um, a lot of it, like a lot of stuff, is through Zoom, which I feel I'm sure feels like hits at home for a lot of people through the last couple of years through COVID and everything like that. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's a very easy watch. I, I feel like I think you would enjoy it. Um, yeah, yeah. And like one of the there's one of the, the like the third main characters only speaks American, so like half yeah. the conversations are between her and him in, in English. Um, yeah. Mm, okay. The other half are between her and the other Korean guy. So yeah, it's not like. You know, I, Parasite was the comparison you brought. It's not like Parasite where it's entirely dealing in a different language and with those things. It's like, I don't think it would be off-putting at all in terms of being too too foreign. You know, yeah. I use that term <laughs> very loosely. I, I, I'm not even trying to besmirch anything, but, you know, it's like that's- You know, that you know what I mean, though. Some people, I, I, yeah. some people won't see a foreign film. Yeah, yeah. Because they not feel even like they won't understand it or- Because, I, I yeah. mean, I imagine this deals with a lot of- Korean culture or, or Korean American American Korean culture, like imagine it's it's talking about that a lot, but it sounds interesting. I'm, yeah, I, it, I might ch- I'll check it out. Highly recommended, Conan. What what were your thoughts on the film? I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, no, look, I'm glad. In one way, I'm glad you brought it up because now I don't have to. I'll just ramble. That's what I was just planning on <laughs> rambling about it. Really, um, no, I had the same thing. It's the comparison you brought up with uh, the before movies is pretty interesting because on one hand. Like, it's definitely got sort of walk and talk energy of just here is following these characters, just hanging out and sort of watching them grow. But it also feels kind of anti that in a way because it deals with, because it spans like 30 years almost. It's like 20 years, I think. It's like when they're teenagers, when they're in their 20s, then when they're like in their 30s. Yeah. So it's kind of like here, whereas the before movies are like here is one day. This is like here is a whole lifetime, essentially. Um, Yeah. But yeah, like, Super, like, super poignant. It's a really romantic movie, but romantic in the truest sense where not romance in terms of lovey-dovey, oh, how sweet we fell in love and we had a, a cute little, you know, we had a cute and first interaction. It's romantic in the true sense of sort of this yearning and this longing for something um, and kind of like like ro- romance in that sense of like this almost metaphysical concept that is bigger than us and it's not just happy enjoy- it's actually often the opposite of that it's often kind of painful because it's this longing for something that something transcendent that we can't quite grasp and we can't quite figure out what a it feeling, is like a comfortability and like a, yeah yeah and like this this beautiful ideal like this yeah this this ideal we hold us this idea we want or aspire for and it's like that can't be done because it's an ideal and so romance has kind of got this inherent bit of sweetness to it and this movie captures that like better than any other movie I think I've ever seen. Um, and just, yeah, tapping, it just taps into the sort of, the two, like taps into the nostalgia incredibly well, just your past life and like these relate, you know, the whole idea of the movies, the past lives is like doors closing and opening, you know, what happened if we, what happened if I hadn't moved away? What happened if this hadn't happened? What happened if we had fallen in love? What happened if you did say those, that one line to me? And just that idea, you know, that, I, it resonates with me. It resonates with me heaps. Is like just this, you know, life is a series of choices, and for every choice you make, that is one choice you didn't make, and that is that's just that's a big thing, right? It's like how different would my life be if one small thing or one big thing was different? And this movie is all about that. It's like what would happen if I went with this other guy? And it's it's all questions. It never gives you answers to be like, oh, she made the wrong or right choice. It's all just um, like yeah. And we, you- how do you know, like how do you know you ne- you'll never know and that's kind of the the beauty and the tragedy of the whole situation and like 
every character, like the three main characters, every one of them, like you relate to in a way where you're like, so much, oh, yeah. I can I can understand where that person's coming from, understand where that person's coming from, understand where that person's coming from. Um, and it's yeah. really interesting to look at it from that perspective of like not a hero or a villain or whatever or, you know, someone you're rooting for in a way. It's like it's kind of like, oh, this is messy. <laughs> like what? That, what? Yeah, That's it. The scene that stands out to me about what you're saying where it subverts things is, this isn't a spoiler, but in one scene, she comes home after meeting the older sort of friend slash love interest to her current husband. And like this, it's framed in a way like he's sitting on the like couch playing PlayStation and he just looks like a bum. And you're expecting him to just be kind of like not care or be, you're, you're expecting the cliche like, oh, be the you. American jerk who's like, exactly. oh, what are you talking to your career? Yeah. Friends? Yeah. Like, I'll just be like, or he'll just be so oblivious, like, bring me a beer, love. But like, he doesn't. He's actually like, he puts the game down. He's like, Hey, my love, how was it? And he just listens and talks. And he's like, oh, there's no clear, like, yeah, it just does a great job of setting you up to think, oh, it's going to tell me there's a, a, there's someone she should be with. But it's like, no, that's not it because both choices are equally valid, both are equally fulfilling, and both will have the longing of what you don't have. And it's just like, that's a, that's a really hard thing, right? Like, that's a, life is full of those moments of like, you've got to give up something to pursue something else. And yeah, so this movie, this movie moved me in a deep way. It moved a lot of people. Like it was a huge phenomenon on Letterboxd. Um, and like it was getting a lot of award buzz before it even came out. And as soon as it came out, critics were just like, holy crap. Um, yep. And like you said, yeah, first, like she's a playwright, Celine Song originally. So she's written a few plays and she wrote some episodes of, um, she was on the writing stuff at the Wheel of Time show. Mm. But yeah, to come into this is like first time writer director, it's like, heck. How can someone be this talented? How can well, someone like possibly the most impressive like debut? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, pr- it's really pretty great. astounding. Yeah, yeah, that's get that's on it, Oh, sounds good. <laughs> All right, All right, Conan, um, your your first choice was stolen. What what are you going to give us instead? <laughs> All right. So my uh, this is good. my real number one pick was the GDA six trailer we got today. <laughs> 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 no, it's not really that. That was that was fun. Um, yeah. I will go with a. I'll go with a TV show actually <clears throat> to start with. Um, I'll leave that on the table. I want to talk about beef. Did you guys ever see the show Beef? Yep. Yes, I did. Yep. Yes, I am did. I, am I stealing someone's show? Uh, it may have been in my most disappointing category. Oh, really? <laughs> I almost put it in my top three. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. I, I really liked it for some of it, and then I, I, I don't know. I think the last episode I wasn't the biggest fan of. Oh wow! Mm. No, okay, didn't, I love. Didn't didn't strike me, but anyway. Carry yeah, on. right. Okay, no, I no. Well, no, that's fine. Like I, I really love the show. I wasn't expecting heaps from it. I really love Stephen Ewan. Um, He's great. I'm always I'm always interested in what he does. And mm. this came out and was getting a good amount of traction. People were talking about it being really good. Uh, but it's a Netflix show, so you know Netflix. I'm inherently skeptical of their original content. But this this show is a lot better. It was just a lot. It was a lot different to what I was expecting, and it was just a lot better. Um, I think it was just a really great, I don't know, just incredibly well-paced, well-rounded drama. Um, similar thing where all of the characters are kind of jerks, but it just does yeah. a great job of being like you completely relate and understand them, though. There's no, even though they're all kind of assholes and they're all, yeah, they're all sort of bad people in the core, they're also, it does just a great job of humanizing them. And just being like, here's why they are sometimes terrible. And here's why this tiny moment of road rage has 
you know, kind of just spirals out and is ruining lives and destroying families. And it's not because they're like someone's just a savage sociopath. It's because there's just lots of complicated and there's a lot of stuff going on. And sometimes simple things can can do that. Yeah, um, mm. they are kind of sociopathic, yeah. though, right? Like they never let anything go. Well, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's they, like, that's their extreme. almost their case, major character flaw, right? Like, like that is. It. I mean, I don't know. If, yeah, like. I wouldn't, I'm not a psychologist, so I can't diagnose it, but I just feel like it does a great job of constantly going, here is why they they can't let it go, though, because, <clears throat> you know, their lives are just really disappointing and they're just losers. Mm. And they've just, one stri- one's spent the entire life striving for something that's unfulfilling and one is just a bit of a dead shit, but yeah. he really wants to do the best, but he's just super insecure. And I don't know, just a lot of powerful moments, like just the whole... Yeah. Had it, it had a really interesting take on faith in terms of using hmm. sort of this I yearning. To, I wanted yeah. to ask you guys about that because I, I think I watched it first because I remember talking to you guys before recording a podcast yeah. where I was like, you guys should watch it. I was mm. like, man, I've been listening to like Christian rock <laughs> because I was like, the Christian music and this is really dope. I was like, the band singing. Um, and that's the thing. There, I, I found as someone who, you know, isn't like a, isn't Christian, um, Found a lot of the cheat church scenes um, and that whole arc. I don't know, really. Um, there's some powerful scenes in there, like with his reaction, like of listening to the songs and trying to analyze mm-hmm. what's making him cry. Is it like his belief or is it what he's doing there, like his ulterior motive there yeah. and all that sort yeah, of stuff? Yeah. And the, the performances were really beautiful, I thought. But yeah. 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 Like, I mean, that's all good drama kind of does this, right? All good drama, I think, is it raises questions and doesn't necessarily answer them. It can, but I think generally a good piece, you know, a good piece of art shouldn't just be like, here's what I'm saying. It should be like, here's a question about something we can all understand and you have to sort of figure out the answers. And that, that I feel like Beef does that a lot with things like that. You know, he go, he seeks this yearning, he has a history with the church in it. He keeps sort of going back to it as like, maybe that will, maybe that will fulfill him. Mm. But you're always unsure. You're like, is he doing this because he's just like, Maybe that will make me whole. Maybe I do believe somewhat. Is he just going there to hook up with Christian chicks? Is he yeah. going like all of these are really good questions? You never get the answer, and it's just um, I don't. Know, but on one hand, you're like, I think definitely there is this. He's there's this searching that he that Stephen Ewan's character is doing, mm. and it's not an indictment of faith because it's more about like here's how people engage with faith. So mm. you know, and they there's that du- that that duality of sometimes they know they need something, but sometimes they know they just want to exploit something and sometimes they don't know what they want but they think that might be it it's just um i had a lot of great questioning i felt i thought it did a really good job of being like it wasn't it didn't depict christianity or church, the church is as bad which is a lot of a, a lot of shows can easily do but it wasn't just like this is his salvation either it was more of here is a here's just a, a facet of life and here's how these people are going to engage with it Grana, what do you mean by the end even like the ending exactly sorry can i can i just Give my oh, two, 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 two bob on the uh, on the church needs like the person who wrote this clearly had spent a lot of time in church. Like, I hundred percent like recognize every single one of those characters. I've interacted with them myself. <laughs> I've been some of them sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah. As someone who's attended a lot of church, and like, yeah, it was you're right. They they never like they were never sort of really negative on faith, but they also just depicted people because people are people. People are sinful. People will have their own selfish motivations, all of that. And it, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And like, look, I, I really tossed and turned about having this in my top three because I did really like the show. I just, mm. I don't know when they, they trip balls in the desert and then 
they, I don't know, they have this coming to God moment and their best buds after. I was just like, oh, I don't know. I, it kind of lost me. Yeah, right. So- I don't know. I don't know how I was expecting it to end. Yeah. Yeah, and like it, it does, it becomes a pretty surreal ending. You're right. Mm. You can go kind of like, is any of this happening? Are they both, are they dead? Is this all sort of in their head or whatnot? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed like them. Just, I enjoyed them just sort of putting it all out on the table, basically. And what I, just, I really enjoyed, the last scene I found was really beautiful, where it's like here are these two just royally, royally effed up people, and it's like, yeah, this is kind of. You know, this is why they've been the thorns in each other's side because they're the same. They're just really broken and really messed up, and have got a lot of baggage in history. And they're just trying to. And they can't. There's that that moment of coming together at the end where they're like, yeah, we are the same here. And like, what'll be interesting is there is a season two coming of this. I think so. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that. If yeah, it'll right. be, if it will be like they get together and they're even worse off because they're the same or not. I don't know, but I don't. I yeah, I found the ending really good, but I can see why it would be. It could turn you off. I think I I kind of agree with Grona. Um, mm. I feel like the thing I liked the least was like everything after the desert, after the mm. the big art gallery house shootout. Then that next episode, <laughs> and I don't know if it's because you know Netflix, you're binging these shows, and it's like okay. I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. I was like, okay, we're reaching the, the finale of this, like the conclusion. And it just felt like that the desert stuff really dragged, even though it was just, yeah, right. it was like one episode. It was just, I don't know, because it was like the whole episode. It just felt like a, okay, like this is how it's ending. Like I was like, this is a bit weird. Like I enjoyed the content that was there, but I feel like it's definitely my least favorite part of the, the season. Hmm. The re- Like the rest of the show is definitely like, Based like a thriller, like a lot happens in all of it. Yeah, it's yeah. very like big things happen. So you're right. So I have a last episode where there is nothing happening. It can be a big um, or a big whiplash. Yeah. But yeah, I know it worked for me. But I just, I just love yeah. like the opening where he's like trying to return all those gas burners. Is it gas burners? I think it's gas burners. A little barbecue oh, the, or whatever. Like yeah, hibachi grills. Yeah. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, what the hell is he doing? And then you realise he's like trying to commit suicide with him and it's like, holy dooly. Like, <laughs> it's so dark. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, yeah. It's, got, it's great bits like that. All these little foreshadowings and puzzle pieces that fall in later. Like when like when the house burns down. Oh, yeah. my God. And just like, oh, it's been, so it's horrible. been there from like, episode no. one. Yeah. And it's just that thing. It's like this feels so unexpected but, but perfectly earned. Like yes. I should have seen this coming. It makes total sense. So it's just a lot of moments like that. I'm like, this is this is spot on. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the beef just really good. Parents show. get there. It's like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. rough. It's really rough. And yeah, yeah, like I don't know. He's not a character you should be cheering for, but at that point, it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, he's kind of got, got everything together. Like, you got to feel for him a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's just the eating like six chicken sandwiches from one Burger King. I'm like, yeah. I respect. I respect that. I was going to say do. that was his biggest sin, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I go to the cafes 40 minutes away and like they do the only good coffee and I'll buy four coffees there because it's makes it worthwhile. So I relate. I relate to Stephen Ewing. Hmm. Right. right. Uh, my first recommendation. Now, look, I, I don't know. I have a confession to make. I only watched one film that we did not already talk about on this podcast for the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> I sat down, went through all my history of streaming, looked at all the ticket stubs from the cinema, and I literally watched one film that we did not watch on, the, like that we did not talk about on this podcast already. Uh, was so, it a good film? 
Uh, not really, but I'm going to recommend it. No, it was okay. It was fine. Um, I'm going to like. I'm going to blame having a second kid. There's lots of reasons. Short form media is working a lot better for us at the moment. But I, ha- I mean, I had to stick a movie in my list. So my movie is the Tetris movie. <laughs> <laughs> Made by Apple, starring Taron Egerton. Came out at the start of the year. And look. I, I really love Tetris, um, and this is the story of Tetris and the Game Boy, really, and they're two things that I loved in my childhood. I have a lot of nostalgia for both of them, and it's a pretty interesting story. Like, this um, Russian developer develops this game, Tetris, and then it just... There's all these Americans basically vying to get the rights for it, and Russia being Russia, they sell confusing rights to certain platforms and not others, and there's a whole rights debacle, and the Soviet Union owning it comes into it, and then getting the developer out of Russia by the end. It's a it's a it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. It's not like breaking new ground or anything like that, but it's it's a fun little little romp. Is it is it fairly accurate or I don't so, I don't know anything about it. Really. Yeah, so I looked it up. So, it, like, it is accurate that a Russian developer made the game and, um, you know, Taron Egerton's character, Hank, bought the rights and then eventually did get him out of Russia, got him out of the Soviet Union. But yeah. um, there's there's a lot of scenes of, like, almost, like, um, international espionage in this movie where they're sneaking around embassies and stuff like this and the, the KGBs after them. And I think most of that was, was made up for, for drama yeah. reasons. But the, the, mm. as far as I know, the, the basic outline of, of Tetris and its rights being sold to multiple people and the Soviet Union wanting to own it because they own everything, it's, um, yep. yeah, it's an interesting little story. Yeah, okay. It's definitely, this has been the year of, like, um, Kind of like not biopics, but like product movies. Yeah, I heard someone described it, gave it, a, gave the genre a name, but like this, um, Blackberry, Blackberry Air, yeah. um, yeah, this Which, Blackberry Air, and there's something else as well. But like these movies about products, all these things, and it's like kind of selling them, like selling the idea or selling a product under the guise of a of a drama, and it's like this interesting phenomenon. And this year has really been the year for that. And, Mm. I don't know how this one fits into that because it's not like you know buying 1992's Tetris now is not doing anything for anyone and the rights holders are different like Nintendo is probably the one making the coming out looking on top of this Hmm. Um, you know they have the Game Boy is a big part of this this movie so yeah but I mean you know you can still buy Nike shoes and you can still buy I suppose you can't yeah. buy Blackberries anymore either. No. So. See, I, I guess sorry, I guess I don't mean in terms of like this is a movie being like, hey, please keep buying our merch. It's more of like this, um, I don't know, almost like, yeah, not yay capitalism, but it's kind of like this interesting view of capitalism. Yeah. Like, here's a success right. of capitalism in the system or here's Air- a story of capitalist success, whether good or bad. Because yeah. Air is really bad for that where it's like, yeah. Look at these poor slobs, Nike, like slumming it, and they're all like, they're mil- it's a you know multi million dollar corporation, and then you're like, like rooting for the little guy. Yeah, <laughs> and there's like- this, there's this, there's this weird element of like at the time Nike was kind of a not a failing company, but like not doing so well. So it's like, well, yeah, we meant to relate to them. They're like, and same with BlackBerry, we meant to be like the BlackBerry failed, so we can be like, oh yeah, let's see them succeed. But then it's like, I failed. I know that, like, that feeling. Yeah, it's like oh wait, yeah, I don't know. And like, yeah, this is not quite the same, but um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say it almost reeks of it more because they defeat cap, they defeat socialism. Like capitalism wins and socialism loses. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Um, 
this this is on my list to watch. Um, like I've had it on my list for months now to watch, and I've I was curious to watch it. Um, I did think of you the other day, Griner, because I watched Blackberry the other day, and I was like, I was like, man, I'm surprised I haven't heard of this film from Griner. I was like, I feel like Griner would like this just based off the cast. Um, it has been and, kind of on my list. Yeah, I want to see um, Dennis. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very different Lenny character Elton. for him in this. Um, yeah. it, it, it's it's an enjoyable film. It's on my honorable mentions. Um, I enjoyed it, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I need to watch Tetris. I liked Aaron Edgerton. It's probably in the yeah. same league as this. And if you're into like the history of video games in that era, like there is there is some there's some interesting things there. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Mm. Right on. Luke, what do you got? All right. For my second one. Um Yeah, okay. I'll just I'll I'll go I'll go to this one first. Um so a movie, this came out last year, but late last year, November twenty twenty two. So I, I say it's a pass. I'm allowed to talk about it. Um so wow. this movie was nominated for like Oscars and everything, um in at last year's Oscars. Uh um, and I had only just watched it this month, um, finally, after, I don't know why, there was something holding me off watching it. Um, it doesn't have the highest, and I think we talked about this in one of our most recent um, podcasts, Griner, where we were like, oh, you know, if something's like sitting in the 70s or even low 80s, I'm kind of that strapped for time these days where I'm just like, nah, that's a pass. <laughs> like, if it's not if it's not reaching high 90s, that's a no for yeah. me. Um, and even though it was a critical darling, it still was that... 70, 80 mark for a lot of places. Um, and I was thoroughly surprised because I really, really enjoyed this film. And that is Triangle of Sadness. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so um, this film, have either of you seen it? No. no, I missed it. no. So I know it's a cop-out, but the less you know about this movie is is the better. Like basically all you got to know is it's a – Commentary, it's a comedy, black comedy almost, um, of rich, entitled influences on a private, like, luxury cruise. Um, featuring, like, a male model, a female model, um, and other influences and other rich people going on one of these exotic cruises. And it's the whole theme of the movie is about, like, class um, and commentaries on class like you know the weight staff uh and the people um gender roles in society stuff like that uh and the movie keeps taking turn after turn that i didn't see coming and i was genuinely like laughing out loud which i rarely do in movies um and there's scenes in the middle of the movie the only really known actor like big name actor is woody harrelson um, yeah. Who's in it? The rest are, you know, quite unknown actors, I think, from my knowledge. Um, it's it's a really genuinely funny film that I think keeps catching you off guard. Where it's like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting it to go this direction. Um, and I just, yeah, I can't can't recommend it enough. A very funny movie, um, but don't read into what stuff that's going on. Just, I've already said too much. Just just watch it and enjoy. <laughs> oh, crap. Now I know it's on a boat. I'm getting I'm getting the menu vibes. Is it anything like that? Have you seen that? Yes, I I, I like the menu. It's it's not quite that <laughs> like okay. that. There's definitely elements of that. Um, yeah, definitely with like the dark comedy sort of side yeah. of it. Um, 
But yeah, like Woody Harrelson's the the captain who's just an alcoholic who's just over the, <laughs> the entitled people now. And Conan, like, I just this I feel like some of the arguments and like conversations in this film, I'm like, oh man, this would be right up Conan's alley. <laughs> some of these characters, are like, oh, that's Conan in this that's argument here. In a nutshell, nice. Um, it's yeah, and it just I don't know the performances in it. Everyone is great in this film. Um, and yeah, it's 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 very funny. It's a very funny film. Yeah, I, this was like last year. I missed a lot of the. I missed a lot of the um, awards, you know, kind of with the the Oscar ones. And this was for a while. It was never tipped to be a winner, but like at one moment it came out. It was like maybe this is. There was talk that this was going to be like the parasite of this year, where it was going to the foreign mm. film that comes in and wins. Um, and Ruben Ostlin, the guy who made it, he's like a. Like he's won the Palm d'Or twice. He um, yeah. it was this and another movie he made called The Square, mm. and like he's really a, he's like a big, big awards darling, um, huge in the foreign film sort of sphere. But I haven't seen any of his stuff. Um, and yeah, this is just one of those ones I keep seeing. I'm like, yeah, I should see that, and I just never do. And yeah. it's it's gone on my long list of shame because I know it's I know it would be good. I know I'd enjoy it, but it's it's two and a half. Yeah, that's what turns. That's what turns. (laughs) I think that's what turned me off for a bit of it as well, because like, especially even like past lives is an hour forty. It's like a breeze to watch. Like, I, I, it's an easy watch, Grana. But yeah, two and a half hours for Triangle of Sadness. But it honestly, like past lives, it like cruises by. Ah. Um, like (laughs) honestly, it's 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 a joy to watch. I highly recommend it. Okay. Okay. Right on. Go ahead, Conan. Um, it's going to be a uh, good talk. Uh, some we've got to break the fourth wall. Is anyone else going to talk about the bear, or do I talk about the bear? Because I'm happy to talk about the bear, but if that's someone else's last big thing they want to nail, I thought you were going to say let's break the fourth wall. Like, has anybody what like listened to the good, the bad, the worst? <laughs> that's like, my favorite podcast. Amazing podcast. No, no, I won't be talking about the bear. Go for it, Conan. Okay. Um, all right, so second TV show, I'll make sure to talk about a movie for my third one. Um, but you're right, yeah, just as a caveat, all the movies that I want to talk about, we've already, cro- we've already covered on this pod, like, earlier mm. episodes, so I can't, we're not going to rehash that. So that's why there's so much TV. But The Bear, um, <clears throat> where to start with The Bear? It was the sleeper hit that came out a couple of years ago, oh, not even, last year. Uh, came out last year, sort of unexpected, blew everybody's socks off, has put the word... Has put the phrase yes cousin or yes chef or mm. screaming cousin at somebody into the vernacular, which I think is great. But I know the, the Bear was just one of those shows that truly became a phenomenon. I feel a lot of people I knew were talking about it. Critics loved it. Um, real hit. Pardon me. And then at the end of it, season two was promised, or season two was announced pretty soon after by FX. And I think we, I know at least Grider, you were a bit like. Season two, where are they going to go with this? Why would you do this? Yeah. Because, yeah, the first season felt super contained and sort of ended it, I thought, at a really good spot. And then season two comes out and is just <laughs> a, a home run, 11 out of 10. It is so good. And it is, yep. it's one of those shows that is like, in why it's like, man, they don't make them like they used to, but here's what they used to do. And it's just this eight episodes, 30 minute episodes, except for one um, hour long, which is, Tension distilled, 
but it's just amazing like what they do in this show it's just it feels kind of old-fashioned but it feels really fresh and new and it is just super poignant and it is just incredibly good characters and great drama and mm. so feels so like so fleshed out and earned and lived in um just some of the episodes in this in this season were like were astoundingly good i just couldn't figure out how they did obviously the one that everyone talks about is seven fishes yep which is the big christmas family um implosion i guess i um i have a a hot take if you say the bear season two is bad i'm gonna because it was gonna be on my disappointing list um (laughs) no 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 here's the thing i loved the bear season one um you guys talked it up and i i watched it but you know based off uh your recommendation Adored it. Was super keen for season two. Um, I feel like season two of The Bear isn't as good as season one, mm. but it has the best episodes. Like, yeah. I feel like there's three episodes in season two that I think, oh, they're really great episodes of like The Bear in total. Um, I feel like I enjoyed season one more than season two, and I felt like outside of those three episodes... Like, I remember when I first started watching the season two of The Bear, it didn't have that hook in me where I watched something the next day. I didn't continue watching it. And I was like, I've got to go back and watch The Bear. We we have to finish The Bear. We we only have like, you know, six episodes, five episodes left. Let's go back and watch The Bear. Um, it was something we were trying to make ourselves do. And it was enjoyable, but I felt like it was outside of a couple of episodes. I really loved the Will Poulter episode. Um yeah. You know, I was going to say that isn't that like a week episode? Like it's just like a travel. No, I love. I don't the know why. I enjoyed it too. For some reason, it works, but I feel like it yeah. shouldn't work as an episode. I don't know. If it's just because like like I've got a thing for Will Poulter these days. <laughs> like I just think he's like he's fascinating to watch and just he's just him, interesting looking. Him yeah. act like him acting in that was just great. I was just like, oh, this is. I was like, oh, it feels all like you know, super kind of surrealistic, like everything's so clean and just like quiet and just like him doing this thing, Um, Mm. you know, and it's like, you know, that chef's origin story, (laughs) he's going to become a great chef. Uh, I really enjoyed the one with Cousin of him going through that sort of experience where he goes to a different restaurant. That's a great episode. And the Christmas episode, obviously, where it was just like, I don't smoke, but like I, I sat back after the episode sweating on my couch and feel like <laughs> I, I need a cigarette like yeah. <laughs> that was intense you know um yeah and so they were big highlights but i felt like the rest of the season felt like a okay yeah it's more of the bear like it's like oh god everything's chaotic and everything goes wrong when you want it to go right and this and that happens and it just felt like more of season one if you know what i mean i mean like, yeah, yeah, I think I probably agree with you in terms of overall season one, I think is probably better because it is like season one would probably be a better overall season because it is, yeah. it was conceived, I think, as one perfect, complete story. Hmm. And this, and season two was a little, didn't suffer, but it was just had to be structured differently. But I think that's also a strength. Like if the bear, if season two just did season one again, it would be worse because it'd just be like, yeah, this is more of the same. But what it does is it leans into those strengths. It's like, well, we'll have some standalone episodes We'll have some of the familiar stuff going on, but I think that's what keeps it fresh enough to be like, this is still the show that we love, but it's compelling and different enough that I'm engaged because it's those episodes that are different that stand out. But if you had eight episodes of like, here is everyone's origin story, here is, uh, you know, here's another, I can't remember all the names, but you know, because we get Coven, we get the pastry chef and we get 
the Christmas episode, and then we get kind of the the big dinner, the opening at the end. Yeah, like if you had um, come uh, Sydney, if you had Sydney's like sort of origin, and then another yeah. one, it would feel. But instead, they kind of they add in snippets of the the sous chef, um, the yeah, Tina, Ibrahim, yeah, yeah. They sort of add in their stuff, but they're not full episodes. They're little bits of drama in the background, and Sydney's got her stuff going on. Yep. So I think I think they struck a perfect balance of like the standalone episodes are the characters we need to see, and then the rest of the story continues without. Like we get more Fack, which is and he's just really charming. He's great. I love him. Um, if, if you haven't watched Maddie Matheson's cooking videos, you're, you're doing yourself he's a really, disservice. He's, he's great. He's really good. <laughs> he makes some of the most unhealthy food ever, and it's a lot of fun. He's, he's great, though, because he's just like, don't worry about making your curry paste from scratch. Just buy it in a jar. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, like, amen, brother. Yeah. Grana, what did you think of season two? Uh, I really loved it. Uh, the argument between season one and two, is it's pretty hard. I, I might like season two slightly more. I don't know. Season one, to me, had some... Had some plot holes that annoyed me a little bit. The whole money like in the, the can, money, the money in the can like still the makes no can. sense. Like it still, still makes zero sense. Um, <clears throat> John Bernthal does what John Bernthal does. He, he it's does crazy man. He's a Punisher. He does. He does what he he, he hears everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed having Sugar more in these in this season. I think she's a fun character, mm. and her dealing with their uncle. Um, yeah, and like, yeah, just trying to arrange this money and him, him like being generous, but then also being like, you better fucking pay me back. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, also, it's almost like some mobster shit. I don't know. I really enjoyed yeah. all of that. Um, even seeing a bit of Kami's history with Joel McHale and stuff like that. I don't mm. know. I, it all worked for me. Claire is an is an interesting character. I saw a lot of criticism of her being like this pixie pixie dream girl who doesn't really make any sense and is just a little bit too perfect. But I don't get the like because I've seen criticism on both sides. I've also seen some people be like, "Oh, she's a drag of a character. She's really uninteresting." And I'm I don't get it. I think she's perfectly rounded. Like she is hmm. interesting enough to just be like she's not in the family in the world, so she just stands out. But she's not like a manic pixie dream girl. She's not like super quirky. Hmm. She's just like yeah. I'm, I'm a nurse and do you want to hang out? And yeah. It's like, yeah, great. That's, that's perfect. I guess the interesting thing about her is she's she's kind of normal, right? Like she's yeah. normal and she's also willing to, you know, give Kami a lot of grace until the yeah. end. Um, and that mm. makes that almost a little more heartbreaking. Um, oh, so much, yeah. Yeah. The last yeah. scene where, where all that goes wrong and then him and him and cousin are like yelling at each other through the fridge is just... yeah. Oh. The whole season, I was like, "Fix the damn yeah, fridge the damn door, door, man!" I mean, it's, it's the biggest Chekhov's gun, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's been been ready to go off all season, and then it, and then it does. But yeah, I, I really, I don't know, I can't really fault yeah. this season. Honestly, I loved it. No, I think, but the, both seasons do a good job of like there are tiny little holes, like like the fridge. I'm like, at, at what at some point, eventually, he would fix the fridge, right? It's kind of convenient. He continually forgets, and like with the money in the can, it's like would that really happen? But I don't know. It just does a great job being like this. Isn't a literal you know this isn't like trying to be like hey here is literally the lives of chefs it's like no it's a heightened drama it's like the kitchen is ultra stressful his ptsd is dramatically fascinating but maybe a little bit overblown yeah like we you know all this stuff is and things like that it's like there's some convenient moments there but but we're watching tv we're watching a you know we're not watching gordon's kitchen night ramsey's kitchen nightmares we're watching a show about these characters that are just having a having beautiful bonding and Terrible family. You obviously haven't watched Hell's Kitchen season sixteen. 
Yeah, that oh, is the one I missed. Crap. <laughs> That's why I picked it up. But yeah, the bear, um, one of the best shows on TV. And like we mentioned the Christmas episode, but um, Jamie Lee Curtis, amazing. Yeah. Like her her character in this is just so good. So just, good. Yeah, this season great. did celebrity cameos really well. Yeah. Like yes. use them great. Stand out. They come in for an episode, nail it, and leave. <laughs> like that episode is just it's a, a rogues gallery of great actors just giving yeah. Yeah. Fantastic twenty minutes. Love it. Great. Right now. All right. Uh, my next recommendation. I, I've got a few. I don't know. I've got a few TV shows written down. I was tossing up which ones to go with. I'm going to go with Shrinking. Did, I think Luke, you watched Shrinking, didn't you? I did. I did. Yeah, I don't have Apple TV. So it's it's an Apple TV show. It's by the creators of Ted Lasso, but more importantly, Scrubs. Um, and you can definitely feel the Scrubs uh, DNA here. Krista Miller's in it. In all her. Uh, uh, what's the, what's what's a nice way to put it? I don't know. She has an interesting face these days. Um, a lot of Botox. Yeah. A lot of Botox. A lot of. I mean, she joked. She jokes about it, so I don't know. Maybe we're allowed to make jokes about it too. <laughs> but Harrison Ford is in this TV show, and he is freaking good. Like he's funny. <laughs> he's enjoyable to watch. He's like he's he seems like he's enjoying acting. Having and that's, fun. That's not a side of of Harrison Ford. I feel like we see very often. No, it's been a while. No. It's been a while. And like even in things that people beloved, like Star Wars, you can tell he doesn't love it as much as we do, right? Like he doesn't love Han Solo as much as we do. But yep. this character, I don't know, it just seemed like he was having fun. He's like he I don't know, he reminds me of my dad a bit. He looks a lot like my dad these days. <laughs> so um, I feel yeah. like he reminds everyone of their dad for Maybe. some reason. Like everyone everyone's dad's different, but Everyone kind of sees Harrison Ford, <laughs> and like yeah, yeah, so. like because he's the coolest dad ever, right? He was Han Solo, yeah. It's, yeah, he's what we want. So sh- shrinking is about a you know a group uh, psychiatrists that all work together. There's three of them, and they all of their lives are totally messed up. They're totally unable to take the advice that they give to their patients, uh, and then yeah. Jason Segel just starts going rogue and telling patients to leave their abusive boyfriends rather than allowing them to come to those conclusions on their own. Um, Tells interesting it as results. It is. Yeah, tells it as it is. And it's I don't know, it's a lot of fun. It's it's a little like Ted Lasso in that it's it's quite a positive show, but Ted Lasso can be a little saccharine, like it can be a little too sweet, it can be a little too positive. I feel like this show's a little more realistic in its depiction of that. It's not endlessly positive, but it um no, it usually uh, has a depressing note in each episode. Yeah, but it <laughs> yeah. still it still overall has a positive outlook. I think a lot more yeah. show, a lot more so than a lot of shows. It's quite wholesome in a lot of a lot of places. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's just I don't know. I, it was almost like comfort food for me. Like it was just it was it was pretty funny. It was very wholesome. It had actors mm-hmm. I enjoyed in it. Um, but you know, there's not one episode that that really stands out as having this amazing huge plot twist or anything like that. There's not no. not some great sequence of of one one shots or anything like that. Like it's just it's just a fun, wholesome comfort food show, in my opinion. I enjoyed it. That you can like I, watch in an, in two nights, sort of thing. Yeah, it's like a binge show. If there's no one up, I have no time for it. I know. Get, I know. It. I Get out of here. Out. No. Um. Yeah. I I I really enjoyed the show. Um, like all the actors are great. I thought it was funny. Um, binged it, like I said, over like two nights and I was like, oh, that was a fun two nights. Like it was good. Um, keep forgetting about it when I think back on, on the year of stuff I've mm. watched sort of thing. Um, cause obviously like the main character, he's very much grieving, um, like in, in mourning sort of thing. And that's what sort of pushes him to be sick of people's shit. 
and like to tell it as it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the relationships and like the friendships throughout the show, I, I really enjoy. And Harrison Ford's definitely like the standout. I really enjoy watching him in this in this show. Um, yeah. And it's good to see him have fun again. Like one of my most disappointing things of the year, he's not having much fun in maybe. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, good show. Fun. Recommend it, Conan. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, you know, when I get Apple TV for yep. the two months or whatever, this will definitely be one that I watch, but I just, too many streaming services. That's true. Griner coming out with the one to Apple TV. I know. I know. Really cool. Movie my, my, third one, my third one is not, but <laughs> it's Killers the of the Flower Moon. It's Ted Lasso <laughs> season four. No. <laughs> um, all right. So my third pick. Um. Oh, I'm torn. So I've done two movies so far. So I'm going to do a TV show for my third one. Now, okay, it is The Last of Us. Yeah, um, I, I think we all TV. saw this coming. No, I had I something we else. We talked about this, but I guess it doesn't count. That was on a game podcast. It was on a different yeah. podcast that doesn't exist. Fair enough. Um. <laughs> Just quick shout out to the show. We've obviously discussed it. We reviewed each episode on a long dormant podcast. Uh, bonus XP, shout out. Um, <laughs> RIP. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed The Last of Us TV show. Um, definitely there were stronger episodes than some others. I think overall, though, I can't be denied. It's a very high quality HBO TV show. And when it comes to video game adaptations, it's... Um, you know, it, it can't really be beat. It's it's, it's pretty it's top tier. Yeah. And I, I'm very excited for season two. Um, as, you know, if people aren't familiar, I am a diehard Last of Us fan and love the source material, like the video game. Um, it's my favorite game of all time. And even with that high, high expectations of, you know, loving the actors that were in this, loving uh, Craig Mazin, the director, um, loving the video game so much, I went in with such high expectations where, how could I not be disappointed almost? Um, and I still remember watching the first episode and being like, holy crap, like that blew, that blew my mind. Like that blew away my expectations. I wasn't expecting it to be this good. And seeing the stuff that then they've changed from the game or just stuff they've added where it's like, oh, cool, we get a bit of backstory on that now. Or, oh, it's interesting going back. Like I loved the cold opens and like seeing stuff in modern day before like the outbreak happened because mm. there's none of that, that in the game. And seeing that side of it was just really exciting to me where each week I was like, oh my God, are we going to find out more info of the world of The Last of Us? Uh, and it was like a really exciting journey, like watching Game of Thrones back when it was at its peak. Like each week I was so excited to hear that HBO open and listen to The Last of Us theme song again. Um, and as soon as I finished it, I went back and replayed the first game again um, via part one, the remastered one on PS5, which was great. Yeah. Um, and now I'll be, I'll be playing part two remastered before uh, season two kicks off filming next year, which I'm very excited for. So, yeah, highly recommend that show. Obviously, we've talked about it extensively on our other podcast, but it just... Oh yeah, I just wanted to mention it because it it did surprise me how how good it was. Hmm. Yeah, it's super worth mentioning to, for our own posterity because yeah, like I say, this is the probably the first truly great video game adaptation. I think I might. I don't know if I'm talking out of line, but it's the only Hitman, one I can think of. It. Timothy Elephant was pretty great. I was thinking the second Hitman, the um, <laughs> the, the other Kombat one. Movie. 
Oh yeah, this was yeah, that like dude. it was fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I. Sorry, you got more. You got more. No, no, no. It does. You're right. It stands out. Yeah, like, I feel like this. Even if it's not the best, it's easily one of like second best or whatever. But yeah, pretty amazing. And yeah, like I said, had the um, had the HBO uh, epic sort of Sunday night energy of like Game of Thrones once had, and these big shows have historically had. Like this felt like a movement. How well it did, like in mainstream, like mm. it, like mm. it did massive numbers. That was like crazy, and it's like cool. Like everyone in mainstream is talking about this thing that, like, I have these characters that I've loved for ten years, and it's like exciting to be like, yeah, I'm not alone. You know, like my mom and dad can talk about Joel and Ellie. It's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, it was it was exciting hearing family members and colleagues' thoughts on stuff. Yeah. You're supposed to gatekeep. You're supposed to be like, no, no. <laughs> I did that. I did that online. That's not my line. Hashtag not my bill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Pretty, really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Got to talk about a movie. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> you've done two TV shows, honestly. You are usually the. We usually get three horrors, and we haven't even had one yet. I know I've watched a lot of movies this year, but it's a lot of it's been rewatches of things or podcasts and stuff. And all the ones that stand out, like I said, were you know I want to talk about John Wick Four and The Killer, but we've done standalones for both. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'll talk about a movie that probably it, sorry is definitely not actually in my top three, but it's just a really fascinating movie that deserves to be spoken about. And oh, sorry, Luke, you joked about it before. It's Skinnerink. It is the indie the indie horror viral sensation that um. Kind of took the world by storm, but it was a storm that not everybody was interested in. It's one of the storms that floods your house and makes you go, man, I wish I didn't have that crappy storm. Because this movie was very divisive. It was very, just very strange. I um, don't know, you know anything it, about this movie, but I saw so many people talk about it. And that's that's what I mean. There's a really weird sort of duality to this of it's it was being talked about a lot. It was circulating everywhere. But nobody had watched it. Nobody sort of knew anything about it or what it was. But everyone was aware that this movie was a thing. And of the people who saw it, half of them were like, "This is the worst piece of crap I've ever seen," and the other half were like, <laughs> "This brought me back to being a six-year-old, terrified in my room, and I've relived past traumas." Like it's, and it's one of those movies. It either works for you so well, or it just doesn't work for you at all. Like there's truly no in between. And the reason for that is it's this weird experimental movie. Um, Basically, it is filmed to look like it is a you know seventies camcorder, like home video. It is completely plotless. It is, it's just it's basically just cameras following. Even the story isn't really what the story is. It is just shots and scenes of a house that are unsettling in a way. And what I mean by that is, look look at a trailer. It is just there'll be a thirty second scene of the corner of a ceiling. And it's just like what's, and then it'll be a one-minute scene of a hallway with a door slightly ajar, and it all just it conjures up these deep-seated memories of when you are five years old and you got to go to the toilet, and you're like, oh, my house is really scary, and I can hear a creaking, and I'm terrified of the dark, and it, it, the whole movie is trying to conjure that feeling of the dread of the unknown and what it's like to be a kid and not know what's happening. So and it, is it, so are yep. you making like your own horror throughout it? Like, is it your yeah, sort of. Like a lot of the horror yeah. is from that filled in, like, like imagination. I that box. 
basically where it's like there are there's a handful sorry not a handful there is probably two jump scares that are truly like kind of cheap because the whole movie is just nothing and then there's this these jump scares but they're pretty startling and there's a a couple of scenes that are quite like dread inducing um so they're just they're kind of terrifying when you just it's really interesting like you can see a face in the fuzz at one scene and it's just like that's really unsettling and then the con as you start to learn what's going on in the story you're like oh that's that's absolutely awful but it's all meant to be on that like if you have if you had that feeling of fear as a kid and if this kind of activates that anxiety nerve in you you'll be like i exactly know this fear i am terrified but if you don't i feel terrified or just listening to about it i'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at screen, screenshots on imdb and like oh, i don't think i'll watch this <laughs> because it'll be too scary or yeah it'll be, yeah yeah like and it, it for a lot of it, it there is a it effectively makes a, a like a, it effectively unsettles you i only gave this movie like two and a half because i think it just it's a concept that should be about I don't know, half an hour. Like, he made a 20-minute film, I think, before this, and then he made this. It's like an hour and a half. It, it is way too long because I think I fell asleep three times during it because there are just long scenes of nothing. It's a glowing recommendation. Well, this is what I'm saying. It's just fascinating. Oh, three. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's truly, like, one of the most interesting movies of the year, and it's one that I'm like, everybody should see because it'll. it's just it's like nothing else that exists. It's um, an experience. It's almost like a non-horror film with how little scare there is, but at the same time, it might be the most terrifying horror movie you've ever seen. It's it's super cool, Should and I'm really glad. Have been made in VR. Nothing should be made in VR. <laughs> VR sucks. Fair. Um, but like this is one. Of, I'm super glad this movie exists because it's the kind of thing that is just you know it sounds wanky, but it's like it's pushing boundaries. It's not. It's not IP. It's not. Um, retreading things or try to get that it's just like this is completely different it's something new it's a an indie youtube guy who made it on like a twenty thousand dollar budget ended up making like a million dollars and i'm like that's yes, profit. that's that's pretty freaking good i'm like we need more of this stuff we need more people who are just you know trying to make indie films because they believe in what they're doing so skin and rink worth a watch just don't expect it to be good because it's 50 50 yeah, I, I, like I was surprised. I, I've been googling these movies as we go, and I, I look up Skin and Rink, and it's like two point one on the Google scale. Like, oh wow! Yeah, right. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's this is what I mean when I say it's divisive. It is truly there is no, with the exception of me, no one is like, yeah, it was fine. It was like they loathed it or they loved it. Hmm. I mean, I'm glad things like this exist where people are taking a chance and doing something weird. I appreciate yeah. it. I won't watch yeah. this movie though. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I've, yeah, that's fine. You should, but that's fine. All right. Uh, my third recommendation. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. This this is a sketch show. Sketch shows are notoriously hit and miss. And when this one hits, I really like it. When it misses, it's just the worst thing I've ever seen. Have you guys, have you guys, this is season three of I Think You Should Leave. Have you guys seen this show? No, can you sell this to me? Because well, I don't know that I can, but I'll I'll try. This is Netflix, right? It's Netflix. It's Tim and the, Robinson. That, that guy's become a meme. Like, there's heaps of clips for him, him yelling. Clips. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that that show, I felt like came out of nowhere, where everyone on Netflix was talking about it, all of us, uh, as in everyone on Twitter was talking about it on Netflix for that yeah. weekend. Yeah. I haven't seen it though, but yeah, yes. so, yeah I've never seen it. Just it blew up. It was everywhere. Yeah, it's Tim Robinson. He's 
I don't know, he used to be SNL. He's done a few things here and there. It's just, it's a sketch show. Like, it's straight up a sketch show. If you've ever watched a sketch show, there'll be sketches that make you laugh a lot and there'll be sketches that are like, this This is crap. It's, it's It was true of The Chappelle Show. It's true of Key and Peele. And it's true of this too. But I don't know, this, it's... I don't, he's just a really he has really off off the wall ideas like there's not a single sketch in here that you would say you expected I'll say mm. there's not a single sketch that's 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 wrote like everything is super strange super off the wall and like some are kind of normal like I don't know there's a really there's a really good sketch and it's it's parodying the bachelor and he's one of the he's one of the guys trying to woo the, woo, woo the bachelorette but the whole time he's obsessed with the zip line in the pool. And so he just keeps going down the zip line in the pool and she's, she's giving out the rose at the end. She's like, Ronnie, I think you're really cute, but I think you're only here for the zip line. He's like, no, that's not true. And he does goes in this whole justification and the guy who runs the zip line, he's like, he keeps pulling on it real hard. It's, it's really stupid. There's like a thousand shots of him going down this zip line. He, it's, but it's very, very funny. I really enjoyed it. This I don't know. There's another one where he's he's doing he's he's you know pay it forward. So you pay for the person behind you's food I've when you're going through drive through. Yeah. So so he's going through drive through. He's like, oh, I'll pay it forward, and he pays for the person behind him, and then he he zooms out and tries to get back in the line, and then orders a thousand hamburgers or something like that, so that the person in front of him will pay for his thousand hamburgers. But he's screaming into the box, fifty five hamburgers, fifty five steaks, fifty five wings, and it just goes yeah. on and on. It's it's really off the wall. It's really stupid. I could link you some clips if you want to see if you'd like it, and I'll I'll send you some of the better ones. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like this show. I've enjoyed season one and two. I think season two is possibly better than season three. But I wanted to see if you guys had seen this show because I, it's incredibly like off the wall. Like it's just some of the most random stuff. Um, there's a there's a fake game show about a metal man who has to use magnets to crawl along a wall to reveal puzzle pieces, but he just gets really really tired and it just takes a really really long time. <laughs> like it's it's super stupid. Great. It's super stupid. Um, but I don't know. I really enjoyed this. Like it seems like it's kind of that super sort of like non sequitur, just random like late millennial. Gen Z humor. Yeah, it is. And it, it almost, a lot of times it almost feels into that, oh, lol, this is so random, which yeah, I really yeah. I really hate that kind of humor. Um, but this one, he, he, he kind of does that, but then just keeps going with it and mm. keeps going with it and keeps going with it until it either becomes funny or it becomes unbearable. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, I am, I don't know, sketch shows on, I don't know, I never really watch them. There's just something that, because, because like you say, half of it I'm always not interested in. Yep. And so I'm always, I, it just turns me off it. But no, it's, that's totally fair. Like I, I don't know. I'm not even. I really have that criticism of sketch shows. They're very, very rarely hit 100, like even 50 percent of the time. But just like Key and Peele, like there's those ones that just will circulate circulate yeah. around YouTube forever because they're hilarious. The ones you don't see on YouTube are the ones that are super boring and make up 50 to 60 percent of the episodes, probably. Yeah. No, for sure. All right, well, that's our three recommendations for the year. Do you guys have any uh, honourable mentions you want to you wanna put out right. there? We won't go into these in depth, but we'll, we'll give them a shout out. I'll try not to go into these. You will not depth, go in depth. But I have <laughs> <clears throat> I've prepared a list. No, so, okay, my first one, I'll go into a little bit just because I bumped off the list at the last second for The Last of Us in a spur of the moment decision as I got to number three. 
Um, Succession. Uh, yeah, hadn't watched probably... any of Succession uh, before this year, and it came about in a random way where season four was coming out, um, the week of WrestleMania this year. Season four was coming out, and I was on the wrestling subreddit, and someone was just like, oh, man, WrestleMania next week and season four of Succession. How exciting. And they were talking about Succession because there was a lot of Succession-like stuff going on in the WWE at the time with Vince McMahon. And I was like, oh, I want to be part of this excitement. I was like, I should I should check that out. Literally binged three seasons in like a week. And so was able to watch season four on its release date and then watched it week to week from there and loved the show. Um, I I don't know how it would have gone watching it week to week over years. Um, I, I was glad I was able to just, I, I had, it was week holidays um, I had, so I wasn't even at work. I was just binging it every day, every night um, with a lot of free time and ended up, yeah, I really, really enjoy the show. I really enjoy the characters. Every now and again, I see a clip from the show and it makes me, I'm like, oh, I, should, I, I could go back and watch it. It's really good. Some of the characters in this are like genuinely great. Um, and as Conan can attest to, like the, some of the performances in this are like amazing. Like I, you watch it and just like, that's acting. <laughs> like that is, yeah. that's like that's incredible acting from these people who aren't known as like these amazing actors, you know, like really, like they're not big name actors in this. Like I wasn't expecting to come out of it being like, oh my God, is Kieran Culkin one of my favorite actors? Like he's such a good, he's so good in like, especially in the later seasons, like so, so good. Um, the, the last season really is the best um, of, of the, the whole show, I feel like, but the whole thing's worth watching. Uh, has a great payoff to it, sort of thing. If you're watching the whole way, um, and yeah, I I really recommend Succession. So that's my mm. the top of my honorable mentions. I was just gonna say I started this show, but it feels like the kind of show nobody cared about for season one and two. Like Correct. everybody yeah. got into it in season three, and then it's like, oh, season four is the best thing ever. Season four, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd heard nothing, and then yeah, season late season three and season four, yep. the entire internet was like. This is the best show ever made. I'm like, what has happened? Like, <laughs> where, did, where did this come from? I think I feel like everyone just during COVID and lockdown found it. Yeah, because I think it started in 2017, did it? Or maybe I don't. It's like it's surprisingly odd because it feels like 2018. Because whenever I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that came out in 2021, 22, I guess, and it's just finished up. But it's like a 2018, and I do feel like it benefited from lockdown where everyone just decided to watch needed it. stuff to binge and like, yeah, yeah, found it. Yeah, yeah, but Logan Roy, great character. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Um, so, honorable mentions. Okay, I've got a bit of a list, so I'll just go through them. Um, Emily the Criminal, which is a movie that came out late last year. Um, Good film. Is it Aubrey Plaza? Is that how yeah. you pronounce it? Yeah. Um, highly recommend it. I really, really enjoyed that movie. She's great in it. Yeah. Uh, White Lotus, watched both season one and two this year. Um Grani, you haven't seen that yet? No, it's kind of been on my list, yeah. Conan and I were texting about it the other day. It's it's really good. I really enjoy that yeah. that show. Um, it's got a great theme song. <laughs> like, it's super catchy. I've heard the theme song a lot. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I've seen, um, I've seen DJs like doing remixes of it in clubs so and stuff. Good. It's real great. I was just like I was listening to it the other day and just dancing around the kitchen like singing it. <laughs> I was like, it's yeah. my kids it's thought cool. I'd gone mad. Goes hard. Um. Now, okay, so now this is where I'll just go into a couple of films that we did talk about 
on the podcast, so I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to say I really enjoy these films and they would have probably been in my top three, some of them. Across the Spider-Verse, um, love that film. Amazing, like amazing soundtrack, uh, great sequel. Um, Oppenheimer, obviously. I've just got the 4K today. I'm very excited nice. to watch the behind-the-scenes themes, how they made a nuke. I want to know. Um, Barbie, I, I enjoyed that. I thought it was funny. I really enjoyed the Barbenheimer experience. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, obviously. Um, really good film. Uh, Blackberry, we talked about a bit earlier. I, I th- found that funny and I hadn't even heard about it until it was available to watch. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll check this out. Um, and one other one I just want to talk about, which is a surprising comedy that I feel like we don't get many comedies in cinema these days. Um, sure. No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. Um which was like an R-rated comedy, uh, which is a bit different. We you used ne- to get them all the never time. Get, never get them anymore. Never get them anymore. Um, but, hey, Triangle of Sadness is kind of an R-rated comedy, so <laughs> check that as well. But, yeah, No Hard Feelings, Jennifer Lawrence. Really, really funny film. Jennifer Lawrence is great in it. Um, yeah, you both know the premise of the, the movie. I've seen the trailers. Grant. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. going to watch this, actually, but we didn't get to it. It's, it's, it's a fun watch. It's got Cousin in it as well, so... Yeah, um, he's great in it. Uh, and then, yeah, that's that's my honourable mentions list. We'll get to disappointment after, but that's my honourable mentions list. Highly recommend. Right on. Um, yeah, I mean, with honourable mentions, it's, there's a big list here of movies that all the good movies of the year haven't I haven't seen yet. I just want to mention that. That's why I haven't got things like Zone of Interest, uh, Poor Things, like. Um, American fiction, all these, you know, always happens. All the big award stuff comes out right at the end of the year. We don't get it till February in Australia. So there's a reason why I had two TV shows um, because a lot of stuff's probably not on there yet. Honorable mentions are, yeah, like you said, Luke, a lot of the ones we already covered, The Killer and John Wick 4 are two masterpieces in my mind and the perfect double feature. Um, Flower Moon, Oppenheimer. Uh, a movie called Suzume I saw which is by um, Makoto Shinkai, the guy who made Your Name. Uh, that was really good. Oh, not as yeah, good as, I need to watch that. Yeah, not as good as your name, but still just he's one of the best sort of, you know, he is the true successor to uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. Some of his movies are better, but that was really good. Um, no One Will Save You. It was a really good horror film that came out on uh, Disney Plus here. Basically like dialogue-free alien invasion thriller. Really cool. Like, yeah, it's really well made. Uh, great oh, effects. Yeah, really fun ride. Barry season four, uh, which is like Barry fantastic, and I thought a like phenomenal season to to end that. And a personal one, all found footage horror for me because I watched a crap ton of that during during October. And found footage horror movies are really cool. So get on. Is that, that. when you watch Skinnerink? No, I watched that earlier. But I was looking mm. through my letterbox list, and I watched like five found footage back to back. But they were all kick ass. And that's just a great subgenre. Thank the Blue Witch Project for that. Yep. Amen. But you know, those would be my honourable mentions, I think. Nice. Uh, I've only got a few. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, the anime. Edge Runners. It came out last year, like end of last year. But, man, it was good. Like, it really surprised me how good it was. Um, just really high quality animation made me want to play cyberpunk and that was before they fixed it and it was really good so <laughs> um i may come back to it again but and now's the time 
Yeah. No, I highly recommend that. Have you guys ever seen Love, Death and Robots? No, no I keep meaning to. Because fin- David Finch is an executive David Finch is involved. David Finch is involved yeah. in it. Again, it's kind of like it's a, it's a, it's a, what's, it's an anthology. And again, anthologies like sketch shows, there's the good ones and the bad ones. And you take, you take them all and then you've got an anthology. But yeah, um, yeah at season three or four. I can't remember which season it was, but one of the seasons came out this year. It was actually a pretty good season. I really quite enjoyed it. Uh, more hits than misses, in my opinion. Uh, okay. And it, like bingeable, like two hours, and you've watched the whole season because they're all they're all animated shorts. Oh, that's good. No. Yeah, so it's pretty. It's not not a big commitment. And then the final one that I want to recommend is One Piece, which oh, yeah. blew me away because I don't know. I kind of liked One Piece as a kid but couldn't keep up with it and it's still going and I won't keep up with it. But as far as anime adaptations go, it was really, really good. A lot of fun. My wife really, really enjoyed it. So we watched that together. Um, had a great time. I definitely recommend it if you have any interest at all in One Piece. Yeah, okay. I heard, I heard very good things about that. Mm. All right. Uh, disappointments. Was there anything you were, you had hyped up for yourself or you just had better, higher expectations of that just didn't meet them? Um, not, not too much, but I will say I found, and we talked about it on the podcast, uh, Indiana Jones, newest one, um, like coming off Kingdom of the Crystal Skull years ago, um, which I kind of look back on kind of fondly in a weird way where it's like, that wasn't too bad. My dad enjoyed it. Um, like my dad enjoyed Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and he's a diehard Indiana Jones fan from, you know, when he was younger and... He did not like this film. <laughs> he yeah, he okay. thought it was bad, um, which is a shame. I was really excited for him to watch a new Indiana Jones, um, and he just yeah he didn't like it at all. Um, just it didn't have the same magic to it. It just it it felt like Indiana Jones was a character that was in that film as opposed to being an Indiana Jones film. Um, but yeah, uh, Mario, which yeah yeah I, I didn't have high expectations for it, yeah. but. It, as we've discussed before, it was very much like a AI generated, like make the most safe, straightforward animation kids movie with Mario characters painted over the one that you're doing already. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was basically like scene to scene to scene to scene to scene to scene, and that was it. Um, yeah. 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 And one that really broke my heart because, like, it was going to be amazing. Gran Turismo, um, the movie. <laughs> Um, you only watched the person in the world that had high expectations for that movie. <laughs> I've only watched half of it. Um, but, <laughs> that's bad, wow. <laughs> but maybe because I was visiting another town and just needed something to watch and I had it. And I, so I watched it and it was like on a tiny little TV in the corner of this motel room. And <laughs> it was like just, yeah, not the best film to watch in that environment. It was just like, yeah. oh, man, this sucks. <laughs> But yeah, so those are my films. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Yep. I had um, I had one like bad, disappointing movie, and one that was just disappointing but not bad. So the bad movie was totally killer. Um, mm. Amazon Prime, uh, sort of like slasher film, a real, just real homage to Back to the Future and. Just, yeah, all slashes, really. Really riffing on things like uh, Freaky came out a couple of years before this. It had the similar vibe of like, because that's just Freaky Friday, but as a horror film. And this is just 
Back to the Future as a horror film. But just really unfunny, really uninteresting. It every single joke in this is kind of like a it's kind of like them saying, Hey, can it's you one believe- joke. Yeah, and the whole joke is, can, can you believe that things were different back then? <laughs> it's, it's bad. And the eighties were wild. Yeah, and yeah. none of them land. They're all really awkward. No compact no characters are good at just really disappointing. Um because yeah, it was like Back to the Future but as a horror film. I was excited. Yeah, not quite crap. And disappointing was the Continental series. So the John the first John Wick TV show they've done, hmm. which isn't bad, but is just disappointing. Um I hmm. uh, I'd be interested to see what you guys think of this because it actually it fleshes out more of the fact that it's there's a lot of people who aren't involved in the world, and one of the little subplots is like a detective trying to figure out what's going on. But without going into it in depth, basically it's three it's three episodes. They're all movie length. It's like three movies. Got it's overall pretty good. Like Mel Gibson just chews scenery in it. It's hilarious. But overall, it reminds you that. The John Wick franchise works purely because it's like an auteur making this. Like Chad Stahelski is the visionary who's like, it needs to have my DNA because he's not attached to this. And you can just tell the action is, it's trying to be John Wick, but it just doesn't feel the same. It is all like, it's an, it's an imitation of it. So it feels very hollow. Um, yeah, overall, again, not bad, but just like compared to the heights that I, I have John Wick at, it was disappointing. Fair enough. Um, that episode of Beef. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let it go. I just didn't like it. No. No, it looked Beef's fine. Uh, the Witcher season season three came out this year and it was hot, um, just hot garbage. I liked season one. Season two continued on to be pretty decent. Season three was just an absolute mess. There was very clearly like just cut scenes like just characters teleporting all over the place. It yeah, made right. made zero sense. I didn't even come back for the second half because they split it in two. Mm. It was just. Did you guys watch season three? I've watched. Uh, I've, I've watched the first two seasons when they came out, yeah. and haven't even touched season three. And don't yeah. think I ever will at this point. Don't hot garbage. And then obviously they're replacing um, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Cavill, which is also a travesty. So don't look. We'll just leave The Witcher alone now. I think, but. Yeah. Let it rest yeah. and only be on gaming machines. Yes. I mean it was never it was never like the best show ever, but I I was kind of enjoying it and then No, yeah. season one was season one had a similar last of its energy. Like a lot it was a big phenomenon. Lots of people yeah. were getting into it and like started reading the books. And the first series was decent. Yeah. But, but yeah, huge drop off. I felt like the thing with season one was like, oh, this is good for like a video game TV show. Yeah. Mm. I don't think it was like a great TV show. It was like this is good. Like it's it's not bad. I yeah. felt like, and yeah. I and Henry Cavill carried that yeah. show, yes. you know, on his huge back, and <laughs> like I think even especially after watching The Last of Us, um, then it was like, oh, more Witcher. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, no, I'm mm. good. I can get video game TV shows elsewhere. Yeah, yep. nah, don't watch it. Uh, and then Yellow Jacket season two. I I really oh, loved. Okay. I really really loved season one of Yellow Jackets. It was I think I recommended it that year as one of my favorite shows. Kicks ass. Season two like wasn't terrible, but it just it was not as good as season one. Uh, they spent far too much time with the present day Yellow Jackets and what was happening with the with them in the as as teenagers was just very dull for the most yeah, part. Okay. 
That's actually, yeah, I haven't seen season two yet. Um, yeah. And we haven't talked about it, so that's disappointing. Yeah. Look, it has its moments. I, I mean, I, it's probably still worth watching. I just had high expectations, I think, and, yep. and it failed to meet them. That's a bummer. Yeah. I don't know why we decided to end this podcast on the negatives, but. So, I was about to say, I was about to say, how about we say our most anticipated movie or TV show connection? I have no idea. I can can talk first. Go for it. Okay. So, for movies, a movie that I'm really excited to see, technically it comes out the end of this year still, but it's early next year in Australia, um, and that's The Iron Claw. Um, oh, yes, based off yes. the Von Erich wrestling family. It's getting rave reviews. Zach Efron, we all love him, you know, high school musical for life. Um, the And, you know, the bear, uh, what's his name? Jeremy Allen White, is it? Yep. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Um, apparently, all their performances are amazing. Um, it had a lot of hands from wrestlers, like, and all that sort of stuff uh, that trained them, and, like, they made it as legit as possible. And it's a really, really interesting and tragic story that um i'm really excited to see how they do it as you know a24 the masters um interested to see how it goes and you know to get people's like your guys opinions on like a film that's wrestling based because i love when Cone talks about the wrestler i'm like yeah yeah. um you know uh and tv shows um i'm intrigued about the fallout show Um, yeah I am kidding. after that trailer, and it just reminded me when going to talk about Yellow Jackets because obviously he's got the uh, character from Yellow Jackets as the lead. Um, I watched the trailer finally yesterday. Um, it's it's I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. It's from Jonathan Jonathan Nolan, and could be could be well. Conan, yeah. uh, Granny, you're on mute as well. Yeah. Um, for, well, I'm just looking over the list of upcoming films now, and there's a few big ones. Um, the Borderlands movie is coming mm-hmm. out. <laughs> which I don't care about. Um, Furiosa, which I'd actually yeah. forgotten about until the trailer dropped. I I haven't watched the trailer yet because I kind of don't want to because I heard that this... <laughs> it's Schrodinger's know, trailer. Yeah, it's like, it's, uh, once it's out bit. of the box. But I am, I'm very excited still. I think it'll be great because, you know, I, I have faith. Uh, so there's that one. Nosferatu, if it's coming, it's meant for, it's scheduled for 2024. That's Robert Eggers' new horror film. I am always there for his stuff. Um, and then that's kind of the only ones I can think of. I mean, apparently, Knives Out Three is slated, but we'll see if that happens. Mm. And it kind of goes into honorable yeah. mentions. I I'm one of probably the only people who enjoyed House of Dragon. Um, and no, sorry, coming next I don't know, House of the Dragons kick ass. So that, yeah, I, I I ended up really enjoying it. I don't feel like people talk about it. Um, no, but everyone's which is weird. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I love the ending of that show, and I'm. The trailer for season two just came out yesterday, and it, it looks it looks great. I can't wait. So, yeah. yeah. Grant, have you seen House of the Dragon? No, I haven't yet. I'll, I'll probably Ooh. try and catch up before the next season, possibly. Yeah. It's see, good. see how I go. Um, I'm curious about Avatar: The Last Airbender, the live action show. After that's watching fine. One Piece yeah. and how well they did that, and everything that's come out about about this show looks good. The original creators were on for a long time. They did leave the project, so I don't know where it stands. But I'm I'm interested to see where it ends up. In terms of movies, yeah, I'm I'm keen for Furiosa, despite watching that trailer and not being super excited by it. I'm still I'm still very curious um, yes, how it will turn yeah. out. I I mean I yeah I can't. Mad Mad Max Fury Road is like one of the best movies of all time in my opinion. So. It really is. Amen. Yeah. Super excited for that. And then June Part Two. I'm I'm really keen for that. 
really can't yeah, say where that. We could we could have had it a month ago. I know. <laughs> it was yeah. meant to be out a month ago. Oh. I don't know. It would have it would have been on all our lists as number one. Yeah. yeah. Also, they're remaking Mean Girls. Did you guys know this? Yeah, I do. Yes. Based based on the musical, I'm kind of, I I love Mean Girls. I'll, I'm kind of keen for that. I've it's, still, it's still got Tina Fey. It's got John Did Hamm you say in it. Mean Girls. No. no what? I'm a Luke. Luke. How is that? That's genuinely astounding. This is like one of the. It's like something you haven't seen Legally Blonde. It was yeah. Just well, I haven't seen everything. Legally Blonde. But I haven't what seen the Legally Blonde. Uh, and mean I haven't seen Congeniality. Well, it sucks. Mean Girls is ten out of ten. Like, mean yes, Girls is amazing, tops. Man. The thing I don't, I, I don't like the fact that the tagline of this is "This isn't your mother's Mean Girls." Makes me feel pretty old. Yeah, it does actually make me feel old. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm because Tina Fey is connected, attached to that as well. She's, she's, she wrote it and she's in it. Yeah. So I think I have faith because I think she'll. I mean, unless she's going to be. But it's going to. I think jet. it's going to be a musical. So like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that'll look like, but I'm cautiously curious. Is anyone excited for Joker? Folly and Durr? I'm curious I'm about curious. it. I'm curious. Um, I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. It, the fact that it's like a musical has me... Um, yeah, a lot of musicals. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, something, I'm not sure if it's out yet. Sorry, apparently just came out. I, I'm interested, Grant, because I thought maybe you would have seen it and talked about it. The Curse. Nathan yeah. Felder and Emma Stone's new show. Like basically a spiritual sequel to... The rehearsal, which you recommended to me, I haven't seen it yet, but I no, I, no, I, I know I will love it. I'm but so, kidding. what's interesting? Currently, ninety three percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, thirty percent audience score. So, <laughs> curious, curious to see <laughs> that. But Emma Stone's great, and Nathan Felder's great. So, I think audiences don't like when Nathan Felder goes full Nathan Felder and makes them uncomfortable. And that's all he does. Like, the rehearsal is just him going balls to the wall. Had you heard of this show, Grant? Yeah, I had, but I haven't. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. What's it streaming on? It's on um. Paramount Prime. Plus. Oh, Prime. Yeah. But is it Prime or is it Paramount? Oh, I know it's a premium subscription. Sorry. Yeah. Google so. catches me out with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we need to wrap things up. That's that's our year in review for 2023. We hope everybody has a great. 2024 and i don't know when this podcast is going to come out so i hope you had a good 2023 uh this podcast is brought to you by a taste of iron and possibly conan's next book do you can you reveal the title of your next book conan i can it's called the god grotesque god grotesque so it's it will be out within within the week hopefully i'm keen to read it over christmas i'm looking forward to it good christmas read yeah All right, thanks for joining us for the good, the bad, and the worst. Give us a rating on Spotify, tell your mum about us, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.